Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom and the things they've learned along the way. Lucy Beckwith comes from a family with tourism in their blood. She's a director, along with her brother Matthew, at City Cruises, the biggest tour boat operator on the River Thames in London. Her parents first set sail into the world of tourism in 1985 when they launched The King to allow tourists to see London from the comfort of a boat. In 1996, they set up City Cruises, which sails at a quite astounding 4 million passenger journeys every year and employs over 300 staff, also operating the same service in York and Poole. With London being one of the top sightseeing cities in the world, Loosely's hugely successful family business clearly knows exactly what they have to do to get people to choose their service in a city otherwise overspilling with sightseeing businesses. I always start with, it gives me great pleasure, but this gives me particular pleasure because I've not known this lovely lady for very long, but uh, she is not only extremely talented, but she's also got one of the most effervescent personalities I've ever met. So this is particularly pleasurable to meet the lovely Lucy Beckwith, and it's great that you've given up your time and your very busy schedule to be with us. So welcome, Lucy Beckwith. Thank you. Nice introduction. Well, I do my best. Um, So uh, let's find out a little bit more about Lucy Beckwith. For those who don't know about you, a little bit of your background, because you know you do, as I've already introduced you, you you come from a very successful family business, but you're successful in your own right as well, aren't you? I am. Um, It's hard because what do you measure success against? Um, And I was listening to uh, Mark Abraham's podcast, actually, and agree with him, actually, the freedom of choice is probably a good measure of success. It's not about monetary values. It's not actually about um, where you when you get up to work and where you work. It's more about the choice. If I need to get to work at 6am, I'll be there. If I need to lay in and, and you know, see my son, then we can go to work at 2pm. That's, that's kind of, for me, quite successful to have a flexibility. Um, but background. So, yeah, mother and father started the business. And as long as I can remember... Um, being a small child, helping out a lady called Viv, who was our cleaner on the boat. I think that's probably my first real memory. Hi, Viv. Um, We used to do, you know, helping out, mucking out. We was there as a family business. Dad still to this day is very hands-on, can't let go. Um, Cleaning rubbish, moving skips, I mean, the whole shebang. So as as children, Matthew and I, as my brother, we were very much involved with the running operations, counting money, um, you know, making it as fun as we could to be involved heavily with the family business. Um, watching my mum and dad kind of progress through their career was incredible. Um, and from an outsider, I probably actually is, is an amazing journey that they went on. But as an insider, for as a child, it, it was difficult for me. I was um, diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at seven. So that was a really tough challenge. Mum and dad had a really successful growing business that was roaring, needed their attention. And a seven-year-old who was very needy, needed attention. We had a full-time nanny called Ruth. Has anything um, changed over the years? No, nothing's changed. <laughs> 30, I'm more demanding than ever. Um, so, yeah, we had a nanny called Ruth. Um, she then allowed us to, gave mum and dad some freedom. And now as a mother, I kind of understand exactly why they had that. 
But as a child, didn't get it. My mum and dad never came to school plays or were never there at parents' evening. It was always a, a complete and utter last-minute Lil. It was very it was very difficult, I think, for them. So growing up, I kind of had a lot of resilience. Um, I was kind of building my own barriers, a lot very independent, had a moped when I was 15, well, 16, um, you know, kind of got to the stage where actually I can do this for myself, never needed anyone to help, even to the fact that when I... I broke my leg at, at 23 because I couldn't drive and I had quite a bad, you know, 17 fractures. Um, I ended up learning to drive my left foot because I was like, no one's going to stop me. I need to do this by myself. So I think along the way, being a daughter of a busy, successful family business, it allowed me to be resilient. Um, but also watching my father, I think if you cut me in half, it does say Gary Beckwith. I'm exactly the same as him. We are now are incredible. We had a really bad relationship when I was... 13 to 17 just because my of my problems with the relationship with city cruises i i was very um not upset is the wrong word but i was angry at the fact it took that away from me but what i didn't realize underneath it it was it was preparing me for business of my own so when i tried to be employed nightmare complete and utter nightmare i am unemployable 110%. I can consult for people and give them advice, but I can't be employed. I'm way too entrepreneurial. It's within my blood. So I ended up building a business alongside um, a university. So my first real entity into the business world was um, an eBay shop. I was 17, 18, borrowed some money from a student loan, uh, started a business on, on eBay, cost me fifteen ninety nine a month. Started selling dresses and you know, pairing them together with shoes. And my dad was like, I've never seen anything like it. You're just avid. You want to be front line. This is exactly what you want to do. Made loads of mistakes along the way. Um, I, I had a, with the boats we used to do, I had um, a nightclub. That was tough. Really tough. Uh, the business was very um, cautious, is probably the right word, to let me do a nightclub because we're a family brand. That's what we do. Um, and I was like, look, let me let me do a nightclub. So I said, okay, I'll give you a boat. You can have the budget's 20 grand to refurb it and everything. So I called everyone I knew to help out. And then I then used a budget of marketing that was zero and realised that if I could get into a, a group of people that could help me. Um, so I actually went down the road of celebrity football matches and became an affiliate partner. Um, we used to present the awards, so we had like Neil Ruddock, we had like people like Dean Gaffney, those kind of guys were around us. And it was all quite new and exciting. Dad's like, fantastic, but you can only operate the boat on a Monday and Tuesday. I was like, oh, Dad, none of my friends want to go out on a Monday and Tuesday. So, well, that's the day you're operating. So it was a bit of a, a slog for a year, trying to get those tickets sold. And actually, I found a niche in the market. I used to sell to Nando's, shift workers, you know, doctors, nurses, because they were their days off. Mm. So we could kind of run an industry night, and that became successful. And then two and a half years later, we, we really built up a good business working with promoters, radios. That's where I kind of went into my business, hospitality. I'm very good at front of house. Rubbish at the paperwork. Absolutely rubbish. I can do it, but it's not my skill set. Um, and the, the patience and tenacity to be thorough is in that remit. I've, I've got the best people around me to do it. So then I grew from that. I then invested into a restaurant uh, in Bexley. So we we own um, a place called Blend, which is an a la carte restaurant. We then grew to venue number two, which is in Bromley. And then I met my current partner, Aaron. We then, he he went on and on and on about having a bar. And I thought, oh, not again. I can't do it again. <laughs> so I said to him, all right, we'll compromise. Let's have a restaurant. We had a concept and then we found the venue and the venue and the concept didn't match. So we changed our concept. 
and then opened Burger and Bubbles. That was, um, we opened in October 2017, created a thing. Dad said, um, oh, I'm really struggling with the sales locally. Um, I created a product called Afternoon Tea, um, but we call it Tipsy Tea and it's sliders and scones. So we trademarked the name here, Europe and Dubai, and then pushed out to every demographic for brunch, really. Um, and it took off. I, mean, I was so lucky I had a Facebook post that went viral. It was one guy, um, Rob Crouch, he created our artwork, a very talented guy in our local industry, and it went viral. So we were very lucky, really lucky. And now I think it is time and place, and I think at some stage you do get footings that help you. Um, but, yeah, that was kind of the journey to today. And apart from that, by trade, I'm a networker massively. Mm. It's, all I, it's all I know how to do is meet and mingle and mix people together. And I enjoy it a lot. Which is how we met. So I, I want to pick up, um, I've already... Um, made lots of mental notes about some of the stuff you've already talked about. Um, that that grounding you got from from your mum and dad, who are very different individuals, aren't they? But I, I think that's why the dynamic worked. But that that grounding that you and your brother got from really working or starting at the bottom and working your way up, that obviously taught you from everything I've just heard. That taught you a lot. That tenacity, um, you know, independence, the, um, the the headstrong personality that you have. Uh, attractiveness and all those kind of like a deadly combination really but obviously you learnt a lot from although you missed out as you said earlier about mum and dad perhaps coming to some of the school plays you learnt a lot at a very early age so was that necessarily a bad thing looking back? Now no as an adult at 29, 30 with a son no they've given me the most unbelievable opportunity in, in they could ever give me but as a 21 year old not 17, 18, 19, 20 I, just a nightmare I just, hope, I hope I just, my lovely daughter Ellie, age twenty two, is listening to this because we've had a similar it. journey. Yeah, it's, it was, and you know, I so there's a lady that I owe everything to. Um, her name's Caroline, and she changed my life. She was a counsellor. She is a counsellor. Um, I met her because I had quite a turbulent situation, and one of my best friends, Hannah Ryan, she said to me, "I've got someone for you. I've, I've finally met someone I know is going to help." And I was like, "Oh, I'm not sure. I've been to so many." Went to see this woman in Charlton House. Unbelievable woman. Like, one of my absolute guardian angels. She just got me. I can go and see her now. I, I had a breakdown after we had Alfie. I suffered badly with um, postnatal depression because of the life change. Um, and I went straight back to Caroline. And she was basically allowed me to cure myself for four and a half years. I, I went there for every Tuesday for two hours. And I had to learn to accept my mum. I had to learn to accept my dad. I had to learn... You know, my brother and my relationship, how it works, the dynamics of us. Because I was so angry. I just didn't understand. But now as an adult, I think I was so lucky. They've given me every opportunity they could possibly do and everything they've done for us has been with them. And actually, as a, as an adult, I love going on holiday with my family. People find it strange. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going out to see my dad tonight. They're like, it's weird. I'm like, no, it's not, because my dad is amazing. He's funny. We have a great laugh. Like, we go out. He looks after everybody He's just an amazing man. And my mum, we go on holiday with them and I get excited. I'm like, two weeks with mum and dad is amazing. People are like, you're very strange. But we have an amazing relationship. Um, and when I had Alfie, so in October, I um, resided at our family residence. So I see them every day. So we though we live next door, I see them every day. And that's important to me. Because they're not the kind of people, when you move out, I did move out, um, they didn't pop in for tea. I saw them twice in a year because that's not them. They're not the people that pop in for a cup of tea. They're just not. Um, but they're fantastic to be around and energetic. And actually, I love when, 
before we go to bed or when they're home for an event or I mean they're out more than me admittedly but um, we catch up it's like sitting with your best friends mm. and they're funny they're, they're cringy because they make jokes that I would yeah, never make honestly I'm, I'm, I'm a dad I'm cringy I'm sure on, on occasion but, um, yeah fantastic journey now as an adult yeah amazing opportunity one thing that strikes me Lucy is that you know, I've had the privilege of meeting your mum and dad and they are really as wonderful as you say they are but I, I, what strikes me about you and the family and you in particular because it's, it's very difficult when you to try to emerge from the shadows of a successful uh, parenthood um, you strike me as all very real you're very grounded you're very you know, down, you've all done independently well, mm-hmm. as well as collectively. But you're you're very you're very grounded, and I think that's as you know really been summarised perfectly by what you've just said. The other thing I want to talk about is the support network you've mentioned. So you've mentioned Caroline and Viv and Ruth. A lot of our guests talk about support network. Is that is that really important to you? Unbelievable. Um, so having a child. Um, it was unplanned. Uh, we found out I had some problems personally because I'm type 1 diabetes. I, I haven't it now for you know, 20 plus years. So I did have um, PCOS and irregular periods. So when I fell pregnant, it was a big decision that Aaron and I decided it was actually going down the route of having, the reason we found out is because I had an internal scan and um, they told me I had a mass. I was like, oh my God, like, mom, you've got to come with me. Like, I don't know what it is. Come out and like, it's a baby. And I was like, oh my God, that's a bit, okay, a bit of a shock. And actually what I realised is that I wasn't prepared for lots of things in my life. Um, and a baby coming along was one of those things that happened. And I wasn't prepared in any way, mentally, shape or form. And I then leaned on my support network. And so when I went to school, I have a group of girlfriends who are my absolute through and through. There's, you know, all of them mean the absolute world to me. And a drop of a hat, we'd phone each other. We don't see each other every day. We don't speak every day. But they are complete and utter. I also have friends that I've met along my life journey that are also just as important. And I could probably say that I have 10 friends who are girlfriends who mean the world to me, know me absolutely inside out, but they have been unbelievable. You know, some people really stepped up to the mark. Um, I mentioned it before, like Hannah. Hannah had been through this with her partner's sister. Um, and what an attribute to my life. She just came from nowhere in the shadows. We've had our differences in the last 10 years. Um, and she was there every day, phoning my mom, like, support like I'd never seen it before and that is so important not just that as well like I speak to other family businesses and daughters and derivatives of they have the same issues you know life problems you know growing up with the children and and we now look at things like how do you introduce a child into money that's tough Mm. you know my mum and dad have always made sure we've had everything but please don't think for one minute that I've ever been bought a mulberry because it's my birthday I think the only actual bag that I've been bought was by um, Ken Follett my 21st birthday, he sent me a gift card for Selfridges for £500 and I bought myself a, a Louis Vuitton handbag. That's it. Mum and Dad have never, ever materialised us. Um, so I think that's really important, you know, having that grounding. And you need support, you know, when things go wrong. Mm. And my dad was my saving grace um, when I had my breakdown, saving grace. He'd had one similar when he was 30. So not only did he understand what I was going through, he understood what I was going to come out and I didn't believe him. You know, there's to be some messages that, you know, I definitely share with you that would break your heart because it's like desperation to my father looking to him. And without a shadow of doubt, he stepped in. Mm. Amazing. And I think then he realised I could be a dad. I think that made him feel. And I think for me and, and Matthew, like it was difficult. It was hard. But now the support network we've managed to gravitate to. 
my mum is still going to be my mum. She's not a maternal mum. She's very loving, caring. But if we have an argument, if me and you had an argument, she'd always see your side. It's, that's mum. She's um, very grounded, but also tries to let you see the bigger picture. Thanks, Rita. I'll remember yeah. that one. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's the most frustrating thing in the world. I think if Aaron and I have an argument, she's like, well, but think about how Aaron feels. Like, well, what about me? Like, But dad's very like, okay, I'm on your side. What do we need to do? We'll, we'll face the world together. Mm. And that's what you need. Support. And it doesn't matter. You know, I, I noticed after the breakdown, I came out the other side. I noticed actually my friends, I can just text them and say, I love you. That's all it, ne- it takes. And I do that to my girlfriends. When I think of them, I text them and say, I'm thinking of you. I miss you. I hope you're okay. Really, really important. You offer that support back. And I'm saying that actually, we'll put my details out. If anyone ever listening wanted to ever jump on and have a conversation, then I'd always be... It's so important to be there for people. You've opened up such a can of worms. I'm leaving your, your details, by the way. We'll ask you for your but details yeah. in a bit. Um, you are the first guest, I think, Lucy, in probably 45 that have talked about acknowledgement. You've talked you know, a lot talk about support network, but it's really interesting what you just said, and I think this is what makes you such a real person. You talk about acknowledgement and um, recognising what people do for you and just saying thank you, you know, a few simple words. I love you. Thanks. Appreciate what you do. Um, giving a little bit back. I mean, that's clearly a very important part of what makes you successful as well. Massively. I, I Listen, I would not put my name to something. And this is, this is a trust thing now. I trust people. I, I don't trust many people. But I trust people. But I like people to trust me. So I know that I'm affiliative. I know that I allow people a very good emotional response. I'm very good at emotional intelligence. I understand what makes people tick. I know how to make them trust me. And I never would fail. If you'd organised, this is this is the kind of thing that happens, you'd organise a, a boat event or an event wherever and something went wrong and I thought, oh my God, I would make sure that you had the better boat, the better food, the better drink because I would. your trust means more to me than actually even paying out my own pocket. So because I have that trust with my clients and relationships and affiliates, I think that's what's got me for where I am. I've never let anyone down in terms of Maybe emotionally, maybe sometimes I've, I've frustrated my friends when it's like, Lucia, busy and I, building a business has been tough. But I learned actually after the breakdown even more so that actually they're, it's important. You can't, if people trust you, you can't get anywhere without that. Mm. And I'm very trustworthy. So there's a very few people in my network I work with. Rav Heyer, absolute family member. Love the man to pieces. Mark Abraham, not known him in a huge amount of time, but the last five years, you know, he's a great attribute to A, London, and secondly, my network. Um, and I do work closely with some big people in the industry. Mm. And because of that reason, I think, you know, you trust each other. I mean, they'll phone me up. They'll say, right, this is this. And it's not, you don't even need an NDA. What is that? It's a, it's a phone call and they're friends and it's trusted. And I think it's important. Yeah. And you give back. I'd never, I couldn't let someone down, honestly. Even if I was stressed and I had 10 events, I just couldn't. I wouldn't take the job on. It's interesting because I come from a rather well-known family as well. And my great-grandfather, grandfather and my father all said, a handshake is worth a 500-page contract. So mm. I'm I'm with you on that one. So my Yeah, my father says the same thing. Best contract is one you sign and leave in the drawer. Mm. Same thing. Absolutely. So um, I, I wasn't expecting you to open up so quite so uh, much, but I thank you, you know, for your honesty and your openness because um, it's quite remarkable that somebody should volunteer so much um, so much about themselves, but um, that will be very helpful to lots of listeners, I'm sure. I want to take the opportunity um, because we're going to sit here all day talking about <laughs> all these all these things that you've covered already. But I just want to talk very briefly about um, about city cruises. And as I alluded to in the introduction, there are lots of choices for for sightseers and tourists in London. What is it that makes city cruises 
so successful? So when um, looking at my dad's vision, um, what he wanted to do, London had this opportunity to grow a market that wasn't being utilised. So when they, my father and his father, so my granddad, Freddie, they wanted to build an empire and, and have their own fleet. The Yamada is what they were going to create. Um, and my dad coming from the East End, very, um, you know, future driven. The only the only asset really that he, he shouts about is that he didn't want to be poor. He knew he had to work for himself. He's very unemployable like myself. So actually what my dad had a vision is, you know, we could be the premier leading. Let's change the boats. Let's change what they look like. And um, his story is way more... Um, like, I suppose inspiring for for some of the people because he's got the the extra years on me. But what he did, um, he designed a new boat and every bank refused to lend him the money. So he saved 1.5 million cash out of the business and paid for it cash. He didn't borrow the money. There was no, then no one would lend him the money. He was an East End guy on a whim. Um, and he created the, the Millennium of London that was launched by the Queen in 96. Changed our our, our life forever. He then created another four boats. He got the contract for the O2. Um, it wasn't called the O2, then, it was called the Dome, so Millennium. Mm. And what he did, the vision was to have lovely looking boats to do the same job. Why do you need to have a wooden painted job? You could have the best thing. So then we had, you know, amazing seats and we had carpet and we had boats and, and illuminated bars. So he just made it first class. If you're going to pay 20 quid for a ticket, you want to you wanna feel like you're getting 20 quid, not... Mm you know, sitting with your on top of your life jackets, yeah. basically. So he created a vision for the company and then he drove it um, completely with my mum beside him. They just drew this and they understood that, you know, being the same family values that we've had, delivering custom service, being a front of house, having a great experience. And for the time you're a captive audience, how can you market that and what can you do? So he paired up, you know, networking. He's been part of a tour and visit London and all of the big brands to kind of advocate the river. Mm. And my dad sits in the, you know, with the mayor about the waterways because it is not like this is my business. He's like, this is what we do on the river. He understands, you know, Thames Clippers, TRS, all of the other guys out there, you know, you know, Silverfleet, all of those guys have got an attribute to the river and we're working together. He understands collaboration better than isolating himself. He's brought out some competitors when they wanted to sell because he grew his fleet. Um, and just kept going. You know, he knew that bums on seats made money. He knew that it wasn't a short term. He wasn't going to become a millionaire overnight. I don't think he wanted to be a millionaire, to be fair. I just think he knew that it wasn't going to be quick. Mm. And it's been 40 plus years. It's not been overnight. I'm particularly interested uh, in understanding from perhaps your perspective and, and to some extent his since you're so close. How does City Cruises maintain that success? Because it's one thing to identify an opportunity and take that to the public as your, as your dad did in the early days. But how has he kept up with all those changes? How have you helped him do that? Because obviously London is an ever-changing place and people kind of tend to flip from one nightclub or one restaurant to the next. But City Cruises has been a successful... Yes, yeah. For um, decades. So my dad would sit here and say, he didn't go to Harvard, but he employs people that did. His team are fantastic. Carl Houghton's RMD. He's... What an attribute to our company. Amazing. Um... Claire Newman, director of sales, Ian Howes, direct, commercial director. You've know, got some talent around the table that are, you know, Mike Newman from Missouri has been a business guide. So my dad handpicked good people to run his business. He sits at the top and some of their ideas are, are amazing. Right, they just are and they understand the business, they understand the drive, what we're going to do and how we're going to get there. My dad still has the vision. So 
things like, you know, using, you know, the buses or the partnerships with Big Bus or um, Original Tour. You've got affiliate partners for the for the shoulder months. They're tough. So actually you've got to pair up with the people. So what instead of having one brand, what he's done in the network has got 300 people advertising his brand to 100 countries, which is so clever because actually when I go to anywhere on the, I love doing it, we go up and down the country and I stop at the service station. And I'm like, let me check for the brochure. Still now at 30. And there's a brochure. He's got every good partnership out there who's advertising his product. Keeps us fresh. It keeps us in the mind. We listen to our customers. We do surveys. We understand what's good. We, as a family, want to be proud. So if we go on a boat and we're not happy and the bins are taken out, then we do it. We step in and we don't care that we're not the bin changer. We do it. And that's why I think we've been ahead of the market because he's there. He's there every day. Loves it. He knows the guy who stocks the barge, who does all of our stock control, he knows his name and he knows the, the MD's name. So my dad would help anybody. He knows his staff. He says thank you. Goes into our kitchen they're cooking 300 meals a day. He goes in and says, thank you to the pot wash. Now, that makes a, a sincere, humble man. If you've got your big boss walking into your kitchen saying thank you, that makes them proud to be at work. Mm. Very important. Some of those good old... Um, one of the things I learned about your dad in particular early on, um, those kind of good old... I don't like using the words old-fashioned, but those good old-fashioned beliefs. Yeah. Well, being um, a gentleman, that's yeah. what it's about. You know, my dad had a, had a tailored suit at... 15, 16, still has the same tailor, Ronnie Gunn, Leightonstone High Street. Won't change, won't move. You know, Ronnie Gunn is 70 plus, you know, still making his suits because he, you know, that's my dad. He, he gentleman to the nth degree is, is kind of how he is. And it, silly things like, as a family member, used to drive me crazy as a child, sitting at the dinner table with my dad, what a nightmare. Don't pick up, don't play with your food, put your food down. I was like, oh my God. I think it's because when he was growing up, he didn't have that. So he thought, you know, as a dad, I must tell my children that their manners are really important. Amazing. I go to dinners everywhere with, you know, some of the best chefs in the world. And I go to, you know, a boutique dinner. I know how to act. Mm. You know, it's been a it's been a good learning curve. And he has got old fashioned morals, but, you know, it's, it's important. And also, you know, the thing about my dad as well, what I love about him is that he still goes down Walthamstow Market. He still has pie and mash. He still puts on the leather jacket with the the suede thing. He looks like Del Boy. Like, I love that. I, that is my dad. And that's never going to go anywhere. He's an East End through and through. But he's an East End boy done good. I think his book that we want to write for him will be The First Million is the Hardest because that was tough for him. Mm. Real tough. That was... And and even I look at my business now. Last year, we made £7,000 profit. I mean, the first year we lost 220000 So I think, God, if I made 7000 that was hard work. How the hell did you make 1.5 million to save for a boat? Mm. Cash. Mm. It, it so changes. What, so what's next now for you in the next five Ooh. or ten years? And what's next? Because you, you've got fingers in lots of pies, haven't you? <laughs> to use the pie and mash analogy, yeah. but you've got you've got lots of business interests, haven't you, Lucy? So loads of business. Um, so this is a, a really good one, actually. Good timing for it. I've just created with some really exciting people. I've worked on a feasibility study for a music festival. I went to um, Ocean Beach, Ibiza, six years ago. Had the most amazing time with my girlfriends and there was something that captured me when I was there at three o'clock in the afternoon the environment of what I felt was it was electric we had the best day ever and actually I want to capture that and bring it to London so what I decided to do was a winter festival 
really work hard on the feasibility, understand why people haven't done it, what makes people, what do they want? You know, it's Christmas, all the kind of thing. And then actually got enough partnerships that we're going to launch it this year, 30th of November. Um, it's the first real plug, actually. So Tobacco Dock, 30th of November this year. We're going to do a high-end festival. So it's very much immersive and experiential. We've got good partnerships. It's 200 quid a ticket. But when you come, you're going to understand why it's 200 quid a ticket. Mm. Um, that's a, my real passion is events um, and creating something different. Not so good at the um, maybe the legwork behind it because that's why I've got some really good can't, professionals. Can't be good at everything. <laughs> yeah, got some good ideas. So um, that's going to be the next big thing. And and I do wonder, I do think what's going to... But let me tell you something will never change about me. I will never change my morals, beliefs or attitude to work. I love working. I love seeing other people happy. It gives me joy. So I will never change as a person in that sense. And no matter what happens, you know, whether we, you know, sell the business or develop the business, it doesn't matter to me what's going to happen is um, creating a, a strong network for my future. Mm. Really, it's going to be important. And on the subject of network, since we don't have a ton of time left, unfortunately, tell us how we find out more about Lucy Beckwith. Social media presence. Yeah. So, um, probably best not give your email address because you might get bombarded. But, um, <laughs> website details, how do people find out a bit more about City Cruises, Twitter, all that kind of stuff? Yeah. So, City Cruises does have a great website. So, we're www.citycruises.com. Um, and all of our up to date information's on there. So, we do, you know, uh, kind of like a forward facing what's on, that kind of stuff. All of our events are fantastic on there. New Year's Eve, I was going to give a bit of advice. If you want to book New Year's Eve, do it now. We sell out September. And it's such a fantastic opportunity. It's like advanced ticket sales. It's amazing. Um, but for myself, Instagram's probably... I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram and Facebook. So Lucy Beckwith, as straight as it comes. Um, and that's kind of where I keep up to date. I've got quite a good social team that look after my social media stuff. I post out as much as I can and be honest. And if you need to get hold of me, then yeah, direct, direct mail me on there. One of my team will pick it up and we can correspond through that way. Great. Thank yeah. you. And um, one question we ask all our guests... And it's it's the one common question. But given all the amazing things you've shared so openly today, I think it's a very good way of encapsulating some of the things you've said. And that is, um, I, 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 I do have to ask you as a little caveat, is it harder being a businesswoman or a mum? A mum. Is it? Yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. Honestly, before I had my son, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have appreciated how tough it is for every woman out there that has every oh, that's, that's actually really bad really sexist every person out there who is a parent um what an amazing role you're playing it's tough mm. it's really tough and I never appreciated that at all I didn't know how tough it is to even I thought looking after a child I was always the fun aunt always been the fun aunt everyone loves Auntie Lucy all my friends children and then I was given Alfie I thought oh my god it's not going away ever and how do you become the parent you you worry about being um tough Businesswoman's natural to me. Yeah. Mum, I thought would be natural because of my upbringing, but actually it's, it's not. I find it quite tough. This has been a great podcast for me personally because this hasn't been a podcast. It's been like a therapy session for my kids. Um, so, yeah, thank you. So let's imagine now Alfie's 16 and he comes to you and says, right, Mum, uh, you've done fantastically well for yourself and I'm proud to be part of the Beckwith family, but give me a few words of wisdom. How do you summarise everything you've just shared and all the other things you know as well? Um, in a few words of wisdom to Alfie as he set him off on his path in life? Um, a couple of things that I would definitely say to Alfie is always believe in yourself. That's really important to self-belief. And no matter what your surroundings say, you know yourself what, what's right. 
Um, always be nice to others. Really, really important. Um, and do what you want to do. If you want, if Alfie grows up and wants to be um, a transvestite on the leading stage in the gay scene, amazing. I love that. That's what you'll, don't ever be something you're not because you'll never be happy. Um, and happiness actually, regardless of money, health, the whole thing, that's what's important. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what that is. Um, and what I will strive to do is allow that him to have that journey like my father did for me. He never once told me what to do. He's never once. If he thinks it's good, bad or indifferent, he guides me, but lets me go. Um, and it's been a great curve for me. So I think those definitely the three things I'd say to him. And always be supportive. They're your children. They, you know, they need to do what they need to do. And I think that'd be fantastic for him as a life thing. If he asked me for my little black book, I'd probably charge him. This is how <laughs> <laughs> I'll just give him commission. That's what Mark would always say. Oh, you must ask for your commission. But um, yeah, and I think that'd be fantastic. I've actually, before I, when we close, I've actually got a something different. So we are going to christen Alfie. I'm not overly religious, but um, I do want to give him the opportunity when he gets older. Because my mother's no BE, there are opportunities we can get married in St Paul's or Westminster Abbey. So I'd like to give him the opportunity. But I've done something different for Alfie. I've called eight of our friends, good friends, guide parents. Now I've chosen each individual guide parent um, for a very special reason. I've written them a letter and it states exactly why I've chosen them in Alfie's life. Now should something happen to me or Aaron and we needed someone to step in, those eight people in his life will be the most amazing eight people. They're not always the people you think, oh God, I wouldn't give you that responsibility, but they're good friends of mine. And I think those people will guide him in his life. Mm. So, yeah, I think that's important for our for our future. Very wise words from a very talented young lady. That, unfortunately, is our time up, Lucy, but I'd love to have you back again and we'll talk some more about this. But um, thank you so much on behalf of all the tens of thousands of listeners who have taken something very valuable away today, I'm sure. Um, and again, welcome. on behalf of Tom and Ellie, my twin children, thank you very much indeed. You're very welcome. So that was the Sandro Forte podcast. And well, what can I say? Lucy Beckwith, what an amazing young lady she is. There are many more fantastic guests joining me over the coming weeks. So please make sure you subscribe if you want to pick up some great tips on success. Remember, of course, you can follow us on social media at Sandro's podcast. That's Sandro's with an S. Same on all channels, remember. And we'd love to continue to hear your stories, ideas, anecdotes, challenges, or whatever it is that motivates you. So please keep those emails coming. Hello at sandrospodcast.com. And if you can, please continue to leave those reviews on iTunes so we know what you'd like more of in the future. Until next week, thank you.